This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Beat me up on the mamas of all mama shit. Hey, I'm looking through my telescope and I see a mothership. Is that you? Beat me up. Hey, DA, I'm thirsty, man. Can you beat me up for a cold one? Hey, DA, what's going on, baby? Stop me off and beat me up. DA wants to silly Oh, permission to get in that mothership. Is my window seat still available? Beat me up. What's going on, DA? Hey, man, I need you to do me a huge favor. My co-worker's a jerk. Oh, just beam me up, man. Get beamed up. Everyone else has. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. Hello again. Welcome back to the DA on this Target Demo Friday. Final day of DA's vacation. He's back on Monday. Pete's back on Monday. I'll be back at my regular job on Monday. Pat Boyle, who's doing my regular job today, is going to do the job next to Pete next week. So the moving parts, the uncertainty, the intrigue, the drama continues. Thanks again for being with us here on CBS Sports Radio or Odyssey Affiliates, the CBS Sports app, the Odyssey app, Sirius XM, Channel 158. And again, good morning if you're watching. WatchDA.com, YouTube, Twitch. If you are watching, the very debonair Ryan Betcher. We have given him nothing but compliments over his collection of T-shirts, pop culture references left and right. But today, he has up the ante jacket tie shirt i assume he's got an interview today maybe he just it's a fancy friday i'm not sure but ryan looks sharp ej's here intern anna here billy jacalone here phone lines open at 855-212-4cbs 855-212-4227 we do not get often what we got yesterday through usa today from sean payton the new broncos head coach Said a lot of the things, I guess, you know, any Biff Pogey would say. I'd be disappointed if we don't make the playoffs. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Motivational videos, all that kind of stuff. Try to spur the Broncos out of last year's disaster. Plus, they haven't had a winning season since 2016, if memory serves correct. But Peyton got headlines yesterday for absolutely eviscerating former Broncos head coach, current Jets offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, pass the blame around. Name names in his building too to Sean Payton, his, the GM, the team president, Russell Wilson, but said that all of them were victims of one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. This is the kind of thing that coaches tell you when the recorder is not going, when you're in a commercial break before coming back into the show, you're having dinner with them, you're walking around Super Bowl week or the combine, and everybody's relaxed and being open. 
you don't normally get this type of comment on the air. Coaches like to talk to like, oh, you know, when there's job openings, well, the job's not officially open yet. I'm not going to talk about that. They like to show respect to their brethren. But there was none yesterday from Sean Payton. And here's the thing. We can talk about whether it was right or wrong to do it in terms of behavior and etiquette and whatnot, but it was 100% right. I think Hackett got 15 games. He was lucky to get that. He was an abject failure. I still don't understand how other people didn't lose their job. People that hired him to be a disaster, how did he fool them in the first place to get that job? I mean, think of the bigger conversation we have about minority candidates who can't get interviews, legitimate interviews, can't get jobs, and this guy somehow got a Broncos job got Russell Wilson and couldn't even survive a year he was that bad. And now Sean Payton comes in and says it was one of the worst jobs in NFL history. Uh, And I wouldn't mind if coaches made a habit of being a little more honest. We know what they're thinking. We know it's reality. Go ahead and say it. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I Well, I, I agree and I disagree. I agree in the fact that, yeah, obviously we would love to hear more of this so we can talk about it. Oh, yes. Other than just speculating. Uh, But... I think it was, honestly, it was pretty dumb for Sean Payton to say any of that. Really? I mean, we knew we knew how terrible Nathaniel Hackett was last year. I mean, we were basically saying, all right, this guy's getting fired week nine. All right, how's I mean, this guy weekly. not getting fired week yeah. 10? How's he not getting fired week 11? We know he was terrible. Russell Wilson was terrible. I don't think anybody, everybody that was in the building last year, like Hackett and everybody that's gone now from that last year's team, is uh, is to blame for Russell Wilson. He was pretty horrible on his own as well, let's be honest. So I get Sean Payton wanted to go to war for his guy and come in and, and you know, set the record straight. But, I mean, dude, as much as these guys are grown men and they're professionals, you'd, why would you give the New York Jets, who are going to be on everybody's map this year, why would you give them any more extra motivation for, was it a week four game, week five game, where maybe as the Broncos, even though Peyton's now the head coach and you're not expecting him to be as terrible as last year, why would you give the Jets, who have to play, I believe, the Kansas City Chiefs the week after, yeah. and they have a pretty tough schedule to open up Monday yeah. night against the Bills, why would you, like, a game that could have been a trap game for you? Maybe they, you know, they they, they take a couple days off mentally uh, in the preparation for the Broncos game. Maybe you catch them by surprise because they kicked the Broncos' ass last year, and now Hackett's with the Jets. Why would you give them any extra motivation now to say, all right, you know what? Denver Broncos, this game, big red circle. We are going to kick their ass now because the Jets are more talented than the Broncos. So unless Sean Payton's going to cook up the coaching masterpiece of his life or the Broncos are going to be dramatically that much better than they were last year, Sean Payton is setting himself up to look like a a big dumbass here. Yeah, I mean, on top of the Hackett comments, Peyton did criticize the Jets for being too front and center this offseason with Rodgers and all the And he said hard knocks. Now, they didn't want to be on hard knocks. Exactly. So you can't hold that against them. They they didn't want to do this. They didn't run to the cameras on HBO asking to be on hard knocks. The NFL is making them be on hard knocks. That's not their fault. Um, I, sometimes I think, though, that bulletin board material gets blown out of proportion. The Jets just need to win football games, and they may be desperate in that situation because of the Bills and because of the Chiefs and stuff like that. They may need to win that game no matter what Sean Payton said. Um, We could absolutely nitpick some of the things that Sean said that are wrong or disconnect. Like, to me, I don't... Russell Wilson being bad on the football field only connects to a certain extent to, like, the fact that his 
you know, his masseuse was allowed in the facility and stuff like that. All all the things that have come out since the end of the season that, you know, Team Wilson had entry points, entry access to the facility and that Peyton has taken that away. I don't know how that makes Russell a bad quarterback because he was just a bad quarterback last year. But, you know, I, I, Sean Payton, if he's just insulted about how bad a job Hackett did at the same job that Sean Payton has, like this is, he made coaches look bad. I kind of get that frustration because I've had that frustration with people in our business. Now, I didn't go and tell USA Today that so-and-so is one of the worst hosts or play-by-play broadcasters <laughs> or update anchors. I've wanted to say those things out loud, but I didn't. But Sean Payton has far more leeway to say these things than somebody like me does. He does. He does, but, I mean, look, is he wrong about how bad Hackett and the Broncos were again last year? No, but we we all knew that. wasn't like it was everybody was trying to cut them some slack and be like, well, you know, maybe Hackett should keep his job. Maybe the Broncos aren't that bad. No, Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett were the whipping guys for, like, basically every sports media and sports radio show for the entire first two months of the season last year. There's one team that is always way worse than they should be, and everybody gravitates and craps on them. That was the Denver Broncos. So what is, is Sean Payton saying anything we didn't know? And again, like you said with the Jets, oh, they're all front and center. He sounds jealous. They didn't want to be on hard knocks, right? Aaron Rodgers is going to command a bunch of media attention no matter what. So, I mean, look, has Sean Payton saved this team yet? No. Has he saved them just by walking in the doors? No. You got to win some football games here, Shawnee. So this isn't New Orleans anymore. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Can never take that away from him. But really, what has he done here in the last 15 years since he's won that Super Bowl ring as a head coach? Yeah, I I had that thought too yesterday going, you know, 15 years, one Super Bowl. You could certainly sit here right now and go, there should have been more success with Peyton and Drew Brees. But how many teams would sign up for a Super Bowl in the last 15 years? A Super Bowl win. It's just it's hard to dismiss getting to the end and winning the whole thing. It is a long time ago, and it's a big ask. And I, you know, what do I know from a distance and not being Sean Payton, but I don't necessarily share his confidence that Russell Wilson can easily go back to being old Russell Wilson. He's not old. They've spent on the offensive line. If the system was as bad as Sean Payton wants us to believe, Having that system gone certainly helps. But I do think, you know, Russ, football-wise, has gotten old and has lost his fastball, and things are going to be different. And if you don't reset your expectations, then you're going to be disappointed by him and the Broncos this year. Yeah. uh, I mean, look, if the Broncos win this game, Sean Payton's going to look like a genius. He can smack talk, um, you know. I don't know how well the rest of the season is going to look out. I I don't think the Broncos are finishing above 500. Um, I think they'll be lucky to win seven games this year. Uh, but at the same time, now, if you go ahead and get your ass kicked by the Jets, you're going to look like a clown. You're going to look like a clown. And, you know, I'll say this about Sean Payton. Now, Nathaniel Hackett, yeah, he might have been the worst, one of the worst head coaches in NFL history. At least he wasn't having his players take take people out of games on purpose. Well, the bounty scandal and everything else. That was one of the comments from the Jets yesterday. Um, somebody, was it Turner, Matt Turner, offensive lineman? Um, some, if, if that's even a player. Billy, Billy Turner, Turner thank you. Um, s- said, oh, it sounds like Sean just realized how bad of a job he just took in Denver and he's trying to, 
kind of rewrite history and realizes how much of an effort it's going to take to make the Broncos good again, and then hashtag Bounty Gate to close out his response. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, also, I just I just feel like I hate this narrative against the Jets that oh they tried to win the offseason, which was Sean Payton said, like they didn't make the playoffs. They were a bad football team. They got one of the best quarterbacks who ever played the game. Like, how was that spun as a bad thing? Like, Sean Payton's like, oh, I remember when, we were, when I was with the Giants and, you know, the Washington then, you know, ours. Uh, you know, they, they they signed Deion Sanders and everybody said they were going to win. It's like, dude, first of all, you're bringing back stories from 22 years ago. Right. About a guy coming out of retirement. <laughs> this is a guy, a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl in however many years that upgraded their roster tremendously by replacing Zach Wilson with Aaron Rodgers, and he tried to spin that as a bad thing. Oh, they just wanted to win the offseason. Like, that That sounded so tone-deaf to me that it kind of made me dismiss everything else Sean Payton was saying. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm getting carried away by, and here's me again, like, promoting, basically throwing at people, but in the age of no answers and political correctness and vanilla throwaway sentences, my first reaction was, give me more of this. Because if we're being honest... You know, there's only a sliver of sympathy warranted for Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, he he wanted the job, he got the job, and then he did do it as worse as anybody has ever done it. And he should, I, 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 I don't understand how people kept their jobs in Denver. He's the head coach. You can mess up, like, the seventh round pick. You can mess up on your third wide receiver. You can overpay a running back, God forbid. But when you hire a head coach and he doesn't even last a season, other guys should have paid the price. And I guess part of why I was okay with Peyton going in on Hackett is because he didn't stop with Hackett. He blamed Russ. He blamed George Peyton. He blamed the team president. He blamed the Broncos. He blamed everybody. Hackett got the most heat. But even the Hackett quote is like is two-thirds of the way into the article. The article begins with his him saying... I'm going to be pissed if we're on a playoff team. And then talking about all the other things that he's kind of trying to fix, it takes a while to get to the Hackett comment. So even the Hackett comment's kind of buried in this, in the story. And he didn't, it wasn't the only person that was in Peyton's crosshairs. And I guess that's probably why I was okay with him going so hard at Hackett is because he blamed his boss, his two bosses. He said it was their fault too, that everybody, everybody in the adults in the room let all this craziness happen and it ends up being what it was last year, and now here I am trying to fix it. And maybe Billy Matt Turner's right. Maybe part of this is also, too, <laughs> like him realizing, like, holy crap, it's even worse than I thought it was coming in here, and we've got a long way to go. It just feels like you're kicking, you know, a lying dog. Like, I mean, like, Nathaniel Hackett, is, you know, uh, as, as Boyle has pointed out, like, we all know he was terrible, and I'm sure Hackett has lived through and heard all the heat he's taken and had to go over and over in his head about what he did wrong. Like, I think it's kind of Bush League to then come out and say, you know what, that guy last year, he sucked. He's the reason why this thing didn't work out. Like, I think that that was a, a step too far. I think what we saw Doug Peterson do last season when it came to Urban Meyer and taking over that job, Doug Peterson was a lot more diplomatic. He said, look, I don't know what happened last year. All I'm going to do is try to be myself, try to be as open and honest and be as trustworthy to these guys as I can be. We all knew what that meant about what Urban Meyer was. Like He didn't have to go out and say, hey, Urban Meyer was a scumbag, <laughs> even though he was. <laughs> he was yeah. a scumbag. And like here, like Daniel Hackett, for all we know, maybe there is something that we don't know about Hackett and his relationships, whatever, but 
all we know is that he was incompetent. Like he just he he didn't know clock management, couldn't Ugh. game plan week to week. Like he was just incompetent. But did that mean you had to be cruel? Like I, I don't know. I don't understand that from uh, from from uh, Peyton's perspective. I'll tell you this much: if I'm Nathaniel Hackett. I'm responding, hey, pal, I'm going back. All right, maybe I'm not a head coach, but I'm going back to the role in which I got Aaron Rodgers back-to-back MVPs just two and uh, three and four years ago here. So yeah. go shove. Go scratch. I, yeah, and see, I don't, I don't see it as a direct Broncos-Jets thing, even though that's where Hackett is now. This is now about the whole season for Peyton. Whatever happens with the Jets happens with the Jets. I mean, the Jets are better than the Broncos, so they better beat the Broncos that week. Um, and they should beat them, I want to almost say decidedly, but... If that's too far, I just think now Peyton in general better do a damn good job this year since he's throwing elbows right now. He better do what he's talking about across the board from week one through 17, not specifically against the Jets. Uh, The Target Demo Friday meme is out. It is producer search themed. Um, The man we're replacing is almost front and center in the meme. Shawnee looking all sorts of glorious in his white undershirt. Probably the same one that he wore this week when he ran like Giancarlo Stanton from third to home. Didn't really get there. Popped a calf like Joe Burrow. And then as he laid on the floor panting and whining, his left moob fell out of that undershirt for all of at least New York City, if not America, to see. But you've got King Pete looking confused at said Sean. You've got Ryan Betcher looking Dope in his tie and shirt, ready to maybe be Sean. And then the gentleman who showed up yesterday to interview interview for the job with Pete in a tuxedo is there with a paper bag with a question mark over his or her head. That unnamed person is going to join us now or number three to discuss the tux. And again, look at that tux, man. Fits fits like a glove. Fits perfectly. And Betcher's in this Target demo meme. And I think yeah. this picture was taken no Moments less than ago. an hour ago. Yeah. Yep. Look That's at why Cap. they called him the wizard. Turning that thing around like that. So it's out there at CBS Sports Radio. I retweeted it. I think Boyle's going to retweet it. Uh, respond. And we're going all in. We're not pulling punches here. Where you are, how you're listening, and the question, who should replace at Sean Morash? That's your Target Demo Friday meme. It is now out there for you to respond to, and we'll do all of that to close out the show on this Friday morning. Uh, When we come back, um, a little mini unofficial visit from DA, plus an odd career choice from a former college football head coach. That's next on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. We are the glitch in the simulation. These bots can be destroyed and thrashed in seconds. A lot of them have fire and flame and the ability to flip their opponents. DA on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. The DA Show on this Friday morning. Bogus in for DA. EJ's here. Ryan's here. Boyle's here. Intern Anna is here. And you're here at 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. At Andrew Bogus on Twitter. At CBS Sports Radio on Twitter. That's where you can find today's Target Demo Friday meme. It is Mraz. It's Pete. It is a nameless Co-worker, it's Ryan Betcher asking you where you're listening, how you're listening, and EJ wants to know who should replace Shawnee. All of that at CBS Sports Radio right now. Still to come this morning, Dak Prescott makes a prediction about his interception total for next season. Clemson football wants to get back to the national title game. 
Saquon Barkley had an epiphany, and that's why he is back with the Giants on barely more than the franchise tag. John Paul Morosi, MLB Network, will help us get set for Tuesday's trade deadline. Shohei Otani is not going anywhere, and hopefully he did hurt himself in that remarkable effort yesterday in the doubleheader in Detroit. The Mets began their sell-off yesterday, trading reliever-closer David Robertson to the Marlins for two teenage prospects. The Reds and Orioles in position to be aggressive at the deadline. Teams like the Padres have pieces to move, or the ability to go add people, they're still under 500, still clinging to life in the wildcard chase. And they've got, in particular, as of late, there are now rumors about what they might do with Juan Soto, who they traded a boatload of prospects for a year ago. He's been, you know, he's been good. And he's, at times, he has been great, but he probably has not been as legendary as they would have hoped. They have to sign him at some point. They've already signed Tatis and Machado and others for uh, Xander Bogarts for forever, so something's got to give. Maybe it's another Juan Soto trade. So we'll do all of that with J.P. Morosi in our fourth hour. We've got a little T-Mac Harden crime in the NBA. Uh, but right now it's college football. Jeremy Pruitt used to be the head coach at Tennessee. He's not the head coach there anymore because they were bad and because he broke many rules. In fact, it seemed like he was either unaware or did not care that there were rules about recruiting, all that kind of stuff. So he's out, and because of his issues, he has a six-year show-cause penalty, which is almost almost makes it impossible to hire him. Show-cause means if you want to hire him as a school, you need to explain to the NCAA why you want to hire him and all of his issues over any other um, well-behaving person, basically. So it's almost like a suspension. At times, the NF- the NCAA allows you to hire these pe- men and women who have these show-cause penalties, but it's near impossible. So knowing that there's no college work coming anytime soon, Jeremy Pruitt went back to high school, his high school, Plainview High School in Alabama, where he is now a gym teacher and the junior high basketball coach. Now... As everybody in this in the studio kind of like tips their head sideways in confusion, should we care first of all that a high school hired a guy who the NCAA basically deemed unhirable for six years? Should that be the reaction to this, or just the unbelievable idea that this guy is now going to teach you how to play like team handball and climb a rope and do twenty sit ups fast enough? to get your, like, presidential seal of P.E. at a high school. What's the more <laughs> remarkable thing here? I, I guess it's that uh, a high school team hired him to be a coach when the NCAA said, you know, basically deemed him unhirable. Yeah, at least he's not their football coach. He's the junior high basketball coach <laughs> and teaching gym in the high school. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, to me, if he had some more kind of egregious maybe moral type violations with the NCAA. Maybe I feel a little more concerned that a high school will hire him, but my understanding is more like kind of recruiting violations, if I remember correctly. Like, Yeah, so I guess um, like they were they were giving out cash envelopes, um, you know, trying to pay. They paid a, a down payment on a car for somebody, and I guess his wife was involved. And his show cause, by the way, if you were to hire him, he has to serve an immediate one-year suspension. So on top of having to prove why you need to hire him over a nice, good person, 
once you hire him, then he can't work for a year. So he's just he's not going to get an NCAA job. So I understand why he needs to work. And my guess is Tennessee kept a lot of the money that he was owed because of all these violations. So he may need to work. But man, that's imagine getting up at six thirty in the morning, pouring yourself some coffee. You're tired, and you're going to plain. Let me get this correct. I'm sorry, I don't want to mess it up again. Plain View High School to coach PE when you used to be in charge of Rocky Top. Yeah, and then you got to look at uh, Josh Hypo, who's got that whole thing rocking over there, no right. pun intended. Like, it really feels like a fall from grace. It's like, you know, it's like you were dating, you know, Beyonce, and now you're, you know, you're sitting on a couch somewhere with, a, you know, you know, a, a two-bedroom with four roommates, and you're like, what happened to my life? Okay, now that's interesting, because you'd still be the guy who dated Beyonce. See, like, that's the thing that doesn't wear off. And okay, now- but what, what if, what if, so let me switch, switch it then. What if you're the guy who dated Beyonce, but then... Beyonce said, hey, you were a bozo, you were a clown, you were undateable, and in fact, you'll never have another woman again because here are some stories about what you did when we were together, and now this is your life. Yeah, like if, or if you if you were the guy that somehow messed up dating Beyonce. Yes, exactly. If you were nobody, and for whatever reason, she thought you were the coolest dude ever, and like you cheated on her, didn't treat her well, and she dumped you, that would take some of the allure away, but I'd still think you'd have the ultimate core of going like, I've been with Beyonce, dude. I know I messed it up, but, like, I got stories that you don't have. I still think that lasts longer, but it's not a bad comparison. I mean, it's it's a fall from grace. And then, and then, and then imagine Beyonce then goes on to, let's say, Josh Hype was Jay-Z, essentially. <laughs> right. Like, you know, he basically, that's what he's been at Rocky Top since he yeah. got there. And you're like, oh, wow, look how successful they are now. I mean, Olivia Munn was nice to me once, and I still live off of that story. And I've since gotten married, have two kids, so I probably should shift my attention to other things, other accomplishments. No, you hold on to that, folks. Don't let that go. So, again, like, if I was able to date a celebrity, especially somebody like Beyonce, no matter how badly it turned out, you'd be hearing about that every time we talked. But the problem, though, is that in this scenario, you'd be infamous for dating Beyonce. It wouldn't be a... Oh, did you know this thing? It would be like, oh, you're, you're the, guy. the guy who screwed it up. Ugh. Ugh. I don't think you want to be Jeremy Pruitt in this situation. No, you definitely want to be Jeremy Pruitt because if I had to choose between dating a Beyonce-level woman and coaching Tennessee football, I would choose the dating Beyonce. <laughs> so I didn't yeah. want to be Pruitt to begin with, and I certainly <laughs> don't want to be him now listen to some punk kid trying to be Steph Curry in seventh grade basketball when I used to be coaching SEC-level athletes. Also, as someone who played high school basketball, like, Jeremy Pruitt being my coach would mean nothing to me. Oh, of course not. It would mean nothing. No. Like, you're not a basketball coach. Right. You're a failed football coach. Like, there's nothing he could tell me. That would that would make me say, oh, you know what? Let me play a little harder. Oh, he's telling me I got to bring my elbow in on my jump shot. Let me work on that. I'd say, hey, get lost, buddy. Go, go worry about your show clause. Meanwhile, I would have a field day if I was Plainview's rival. There'd be signs. There'd be chants. Oh, there'd be yeah. fake envelopes. He'd be here. You'd have to taunt the you-know-what out of this guy and his team. Yeah, that, that and to be honest, that is probably the, the, the biggest detractor I would have in hiring him. It wouldn't necessarily be his relationship with the kids because, okay, you gave money out. I don't know. I don't really care about that. But, okay, like, do you become a distraction on the road, especially with these some of these 
smaller town <laughs> on the high road. Schools. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're 15 minute drive down the down right. the block. I mean, you, you see some of these games. I mean, all bets are off. Once you leave Rainsville, Alabama. You never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> oh yeah, these are big rivalry games, <laughs> yeah. baby. So when these 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 matchups happen, they're gonna give it to the team. And you know, does Jeremy Pruitt become a distraction for his you know JV basketball yeah. team? Now it, it is his alma mater, so so they're receiving him with open arms. I would, because I'm a nerd, ask. You know, you need to be. Don't you need to have certification to teach? My under, my guess is he doesn't have. He, he hadn't kept up his teaching background while he was coaching at Alabama and Tennessee. So is he able to walk right in and just start teaching me basketball during gym class? Or he have me run suicides? He slipped him an envelope. You think? He just paid his way through? He Smart. probably could. I got this trick. I got this, guys. Don't worry about it. Going out of some county clerk's office. And- I mean, again, I'm thinking about my days in Catholic high school basketball and the people that worked at our at, – that were coaches at our school that, quote, unquote, work at the school, yeah. their jobs, quote-unquote, I would uh, put into question. Um, I mentioned this earlier this hour, I believe. We've got a little uh, DA visit coming up here shortly, but let's get headlines first if he's ready. Here's Pat Boyle. Yep, I am ready, gentlemen. And uh, we start again yesterday with uh, another generational day from Shohei Otani, a one-hit complete game shutout in game one of the doubleheader against the Tigers yesterday in Detroit, a 6 nothing win for the Halos, and then two home runs in three at-bats in game two yesterday, his 37th and 38th of the year. The Angels sweep the doubleheader, so all of a sudden things are, are looking pretty damn good for Perry Manassian and the Halos. They say they're keeping Shohei, they're not going to trade him, they get Lucas Giolito from the White Sox, and then Otani delivers another first in Major League history. A complete game shutout in Game 1 of a doubleheader, and then one home run, let alone he hit two in Game 2. The Tigers pitcher Matt Manning said it's incredible, unlike anything he's ever seen before. Uh, Tigers manager A.J. Hinch said we're playing against a generational talent. Uh, it's kind of kind of tough to grasp every time he does something like this. But and and I know Bogues just to bring this debate back up here quickly because I remember a couple weeks ago you and I I wouldn't say got animated but we were getting into it about whether or not they should trade him should yeah. they have traded him before the season I said once the season started there's really no point because you're not going to get back anything near what you could have gotten back before the year so and I and I thought Artie Moreno the owner was going to be too scared to trade him so, but look you gotta I think you gotta admire this they're doing everything that they that they have to to try to say, to try to sell him on staying for the future. Whether it works, if it doesn't work, whatever. At least you gave it a go. Yeah, see, I, if we thought, and maybe I'm reading the tea leaves incorrectly here, but it seems like everybody assumes that he's gone, that he's not staying there. But who actually knows that? Well, right. So Has he again, said to Artie Moreno and Perry Manassian and Phil Nevin, you know, through an interpreter or to them, them themselves, hey, you know what? Sorry, guys. I'm leaving at the end of the year. Right. We're all outsiders. We're all kind of guessing here. Some people have better sources than others, but we're all, we're not, none of us are him, so we don't know what's going to happen. We also don't know how crazy Artie Moreno might get when we get to the winter and free agency and what he's willing to pay him. Maybe if he's willing to pay outpay everybody else, Shohei will stay there. But the assumption has always been he's going to be a Dodger or a Giant or a, some one of the New York teams or whatever. So if he's not going back there, I don't admire this because they needed to be the smarter, bigger people here and go, we can't lose this guy for nothing. 
This is the guy. He, I mean, he might be. This might be the greatest baseball player of all time. Yeah. I, I think, and you're going to get a pick I, in the I, 70s like, for him, and that's what all they're going to take back when he goes to be a Dodger? Bad job. Yeah, I agree. If you are if you had any doubt of him staying, if you couldn't lock him up for a contract extension before this year began, like that should have been the, the, the line. Hey, Shohei, we have until, I don't know, Mar- you know, February 1st, right before pitchers and catchers report. If we can't get a contract extension with you, man, we got you, We got to get your word here. Uh, we're probably going to trade you. Yeah, and uh, they're not. And like, and, and maybe they're going to do even more. And what's well, but, and what's and even better? Right now, this is trying to really get inside Shohei's mind. What's the chances that if he, you know, if he has expressed not explicitly, but he basically has hinted at leaving at the end of this year? What's the chances now they they can flip him that they can persuade him to stay over these next two three months? Well, that's the other part. I, you know, it's it's nice that they're making these moves in theory. But also, Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez are not making them win the AL, let alone the World Series. That's true. So I just, I don't, I don't think that there is a way that they can really crazy impress him. Unless he's that easily persuaded by one or two trades that shows their commitment to trying to win finally. Now you got you got Mike Trout coming back soon from that broken handmade bone. And, uh, you know, who knows? You know, the Angels, they're... You get three wild card teams in the playoffs. You would assume Angel Stadium in Anaheim is going to be somewhat, you know, rocking in September if they're anywhere close or if they are in a playoff position. So who knows? Maybe the first actual playoff atmosphere of his Major League Baseball career. Plus, if they get in and he has a chance to pitch game one of a wild card series, maybe that does change his mind. But here's manager Phil Nevin on just his mental toughness being most impressive. You guys talk about him every day, and it's on TV every day, and the fans come to see him every day. And to still be able to perform the way he does is is it's it's mind-boggling the the mental toughness that he has to be able to do this. And they were just showing it on the highlights that we were watching on TV. Now Otani left the game in Game Two after you know before he could get a fourth at bat, he was uh, grabbing at his back after he launched the yeah. second home run. Uh, manager Phil Nevin did say it was just cramping. He would be. Okay. This is why I don't have back muscles. If you don't have muscles, they can't cramp. Oh, that's actually a good right? point. Good strategy. There you go. <laughs> I think whatever muscles you do have definitely can cramp. Uh, let's revisit this one because there wasn't a lot of games on the, the Major League Baseball docket yesterday. The two games with the Angels and the Tigers. Other than that, three other games. Guardians beat the White Sox 6-3. Josh Naylor with three ribbies. Tanner Bybee pitched into the seventh inning to get his seventh win. Um, the Mets... Came back to beat the Nationals along through a rain delay, 2-1. to one. Then they traded closer David Robertson, which we talked about yesterday. So their intent to try to sell off. But Cubs beat the Cardinals 10-3. They get back to 500, a wild one, including the injection of Miles Michaelis after retaliating after Ian Happ hit Wilson Contreras in the head with a follow-through. So EJ doesn't like the unwritten rules. You and I both agree with them. Let's, let's hear a little bit. Here's Ian Happ on hitting Contreras in the head. Just sucks. Yeah, it's just something that's just horrible. You know, I obviously comes up bloody. We played together for six years. We're good friends. Um, a lot of love for him. And so to see him go down um, and, you know, be bleeding from the head, it's obviously a scary moment. And then, um, you know, we text a little bit after the game, and he's, he's doing all right. So it was um, just a scary moment. Now here's Miles Michaelis, who was ejected for retaliating and then hitting Ian Happ later. In any circumstance, um, you know, I've got I've got Wilson's back. He's my catcher. 
Uh, you know, I consider him a really good friend now. You know, any single one of these guys, um, you know, in this locker room, um, I, I go to bat for 100%. Um, so, you know, that's something I think, you know, we as a team believe in is just, you know, always having each other's backs. And finally, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmol on his ejection. If the explanation was that there was intent behind the first pitch, then I, I feel like there should have been a warning after the first pitch, and it could have saved uh, everybody a lot of trouble. That's a fair point. The yeah. awful point. No, if they, How? if they, no you got to give a warning if you're going to toss somebody all of a sudden like are that for allowed, one hit batter. Are you allowed to throw somebody, or you are not allowed to throw somebody well, intentionally? You are. You're not required to be ejected if they think that you threw at somebody on purpose. You're not required to be right, ejected. Right, that's the jurisdiction. They're allowed, that, right, they're allowed to. They're right. allowed to make a decision on whether or not you should stay in the game. But your point earlier was it was the second attempt at throwing at Hap that the first one missed, right. so he did it again. So now, so if we're going to apply the two of them, then that allows Marmol to say what he did. If the first one mattered, and, that was, and, they, and part of their, reckon, their reckoning was, hey, he tried once, didn't work, so they hit him, he hit him again. So he was definitely trying to throw at him. So the two pitches are now connected. So if the first one mattered, there should have been an immediate warning after the first one. Okay, that's enough. You guys tried. You got your chance. You didn't You didn't hit him, and now we're done. But they let him do it again, and then they threw him out. It was almost like they baited him into doing it and then tossed him. No, I, I totally disagree with that. Because to me, the first one, you're giving him a benefit of the doubt. You don't know why or why, you know, a pitch slips, whatever. You say, okay... You know, and maybe you give a warning, maybe in the uh, in in the inning break, where you say, "Hey, both sides, that's enough." You know, and that happens all the time in baseball, where the it, the the warning doesn't always happen just immediately right after. You know, they'll talk to both managers and say, "Hey, let's get this thing under control." Like, say, "Okay, we gave you one clearly," because um, I'm gonna assume you didn't try to throw at him, and then to obviously clearly throw at him, I don't get it. Um. All right, we're right, you're wrong. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> moving moving so on, ridiculous. football news. We opened the show with Joe Burrow's uh, calf injury yesterday. They're calling it a strained calf after it was non-contact in practice yesterday. He had to be carted off the field. Um, I don't believe, I don't know if we got a definite timetable, uh, but it doesn't look like he's expected to miss week one or any significant playing time. Uh, that is not the case for... All-pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey of the Dolphins, he's going to undergo knee surgery to repair uh, a meniscus in his right knee. He's expected to miss six to eight weeks. On the good side, 49ers Brock Purdy, he returned to practice yesterday. Remember, he had the torn right UCL in the NFC Championship game and the loss to the Eagles, so he is well ahead of schedule. And in the continuing Jets front and center pomp and circumstance news, according to Sean Payton, <laughs> uh, they will be hosting free agent running back Dalvin Cook this weekend. A part of that made possible by the $35 million pay cut that Aaron Rodgers decided to take. Over to the Women's World Cup. It was another unconvincing 1-0 win for England, but they have two wins in two games, and they sit atop Group D after shutting out Denmark earlier this morning. Last night, South Africa and Argentina shared the spoils with a 2-2 draw. Right now, it is Haiti and China, and Haiti with a 1-0 lead in the 43rd minute. China has already been reduced to 10 players because of a red card. WNBA, the Sparks beat the Fever, 81-68. Huge game for L.A.'s Neka Agwumake, 25 points, 9 rebounds, 3 steals. And Brianna Stewart delivered a 33-point double-double for the Liberty. They're looking every bit like the super team that a lot of folks deemed them to be before the year. 
They beat the Fever 95-84. They're now 18-5 and on the year. Finally, golf, the 3M Open was suspended right towards the end of play in round one yesterday because of inclement weather. Much better elements on tap today in Blaine, Minnesota. Lee Hodges, the leader at 8-under. Tony Finau won this tournament last year. He is at 5-under. All right, the aforementioned DA visit happens next here on CBS. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio. Where death by salsa is the least of your concerns. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. So Boyle's been mentioning, as he should, the Women's World Cup, WNBA, and his updates. And that reminded me of the latest edition of Blank Accent, hosted by the one and only Damon Amendolar and DA, smartly, correctly, rightfully so, shining the spotlight on women's sports. Brianna Green is the was the 15th ever female member of the Harlem Globetrotters. She played at UTEP. She's now a basketball influencer, over 100 mil, 1 million social media followers. Um, and she is the latest guest on New York Accent. Women's basketball certainly having its moment right now. The Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, LSU, Iowa championship game. Ratings were off the charts. The NCAA tournament was hugely viewed and popular. WNBA attendance way up. Ratings way up for the WNBA yeah. as well. There is There is really... Big time momentum behind women's athletics in general, but also specifically women's basketball. When you see that happening, how does it make you feel? I love it. I'm all for it. I was just that. I mean, I was tuned into the college with Caitlin Clark. Uh, like he's freaking, they're amazing. Uh, but I was just in uh, Vegas for the WBA All Star Weekend, and it was a packed 
out. And I'm like, yes, it's about time uh, women get respect. I feel like there's definitely a movement going on in the right direction. I think we still have a lot of ways to go, but we're going up. And it's just super exciting to see this from when I was a little girl and just how people are supporting it and getting behind it. NBA players, like everybody's getting behind it. And I think it's about <laughs> Yeah, it's a really cool, it's a really cool dynamic now where you have these NBA players that are huge stars. And they're, I mean, they're there repping WNBA players. They're supporting yeah. them. They're waving towels. They're wearing the jerseys. And then, you know, that brings both sides together and it just kind of builds off one another. So that's got to be, that's going to be something that's really a thrill to see both genders kind of supporting one another. No, definitely. And I think when, you know, you, for example, on social media, you'll get the people trolling. Like if you post a woman in sports, they're like, oh, who's she? Who is that? Go yak in the kitchen. Like I've heard, I've heard it all. But if I feel like when, for example, like NBA players or like Kobe, you know, Kobe was, Kobe was all in, especially with Gigi. Um, To see NBA players who obviously respect the game or respect the women doing it, I feel like it has a factor or plays a part with the people who have no idea what they're talking about. And they're like, oh, well, Kobe liked it, LeBron liked it. You know, I should follow along too. Let me go tune into the sport. Oh, they're actually dope. So I feel like it weighs and has an impact by, you know, Indian players. So again, that's Brianna Green with DA on the latest episode of New York Accent, DA's podcast. You can find it in all the usual places. Uh, and you can officially definitely 100% find the PGP there as well. Uh, and then next week, we're back to normal here on that front. DA and myself, I guess, will do side A. And I'm trying to effort Pete to be on side B and take us uh, even deeper into the interview process. Now, Pete is back in the building today. Uh, if you are keeping track at home, Pete's actually dressed for the weather more so than the than the task at hand this morning. Pete's going mesh shorts the moment, but he says that he's brought pants with him. So he will put on interview pants when the interviews begin today. Another one of our colleagues did a pseudo double shift yesterday, worked and then interview. He brought his suit with him, had regular clothes on, made the change. And the headline really of yesterday was the unnamed coworker who showed up in a tux. And that gentleman will join us next hour. And I believe Pete will as well, not to discuss the interviews for now, those are secret, those are confidential. But if you remember yesterday, we played a clip that really cut at the heart of who Pete is. We want to make Pete pick sides. One of his favorite people was the victim, so to speak. The assailant, one of his least favorite people, as we've learned recently. But the attack was in the vein of one of Pete's favorite things on the planet. So it's a real conundrum for Pete the body. He will he avoided us yesterday. He's not going to avoid us today. And we'll do sports. Saquon Barkley had an epiphany, and he's a giant making $11 million this year, and all the rest of the running backs stay screwed. That's where we begin Hour 3 of the DA Show next on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.